Alrighty, good afternoon. Welcome back. I'm Jamie. I am Dom. And this is the cutting room floor. And if you like irony, today today is going to be full of irony because we're going to talk about silent films. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so three three in particular, three uh, probably the best examples of early to mid twenties silent films from the three greats: Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin, and Buster Keaton. We're going to talk about Safety Last from 1923, so that obviously will not be a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Gold Rush from 1925, not not going to be a question either. And The General, who does not try to sell you insurance, from also 1925. All right. All right, man. So, so Well, I'll say this. My experience with silent films is low. I've only seen a few. Um, my favorite being Metropolis. Uh, Fritz Lang film. film, yeah, yeah, it's great, and it's a longer one. It's definitely different than the silent films that were coming out from America, America for yeah. sure. Yeah, I was like, it was it was German expressionist, so it was uh, it was very different. But so my experience with American silent films is quite limited, although I have seen a good amount of film. I still have lots on my list that I want to watch. I will say, um, for the most part, I enjoyed these. I really, really liked Safety Last. I thought it was very funny, and I thought the story was, for how simple it was, it, it really worked for what was going on. And um, the one thing I can say about all three of these films is I really appreciate the craftsmanship of the filmmaking with from the actors doing all these stunts and the way they got the explosions. Like in the in general, there's some crazy explosions at the end that look pretty legit. There's a part where... He shoots a cannon in the air and it drops <laughs> down. Yes, yeah. And I was really impressed with how they got that to look. And some of those train action sequences were insane. So I will say I have a, um, a newfound respect for them, uh, even though they're they're not necessarily my speed, but I definitely trains, appreciate them. Uh, yeah, definitely. Not the trains <laughs> trains not are not your speed. speed. Not at all. But <laughs> I definitely appreciated them, and I'm definitely going to dive into some more. So – Let's start with... Well, can, do you mind if I do a little bit of background? Yeah, you do your thing. Okay, because uh, just a couple minutes, like, you made a good point because I think American films at the time were not as good, let's say, artistically as, like, German expressionist mm-hmm. films, like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari yeah, or Nosferatu, uh-huh. you know, like, like those films and obviously Metropolis and whatever else Fritz Lang was doing. Yeah, he was going crazy. I mean, you had like D.W. Griffiths who did a Birth of a Nation, mm-hmm. I think, in 1915. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, Cecil B. DeMille also did a version of the Ten Commandments in the 20s, uh-huh. his first one. So I was looking at both so, of those films for a specific reason. We'll get in that in the intermission. Okay. And but but you know so we had so what we're going to look at is specifically like American comedies even though Charlie Chaplin is British mm-hmm. he 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 became you know, famous he's in, like in America you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like, all your money and all your roots are laid in America yeah so so that's why you know he is is bi coastal let's mm-hmm. say so yeah. he's bi that's what we're going to say Charlie Chaplin was by. Yep. So bye. so so we're going to look at these comedies because we we had talked briefly I think at the end of last week. I don't remember if it was when we were recording when we were talking but about comedies and I think this is a good way to start 
to build up to where we might end up going with comedies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so these these three individuals, uh, Chaplin was born in 1889, Harold Lloyd 1893, and Buster Keaton 1895. So by the time the teens came and films started to take off, that's when they uh, found their way on screen somehow. And all three actually started working with uh, – Roscoe Arbuckle, better known as Fatty Arbuckle. Fatty. Fatty, yeah. The guy who had his career ruined from rumors and innuendo because a woman died at a party that he had and everyone said that it was because he like laid on top of her because of his weight. And and unfortunately, the papers published rumor as like truth back then. So it well, literally ruined. was the thing. Yeah, like- yeah. It literally ruined his career. Dang. So, and, and that was in the early 20s. So so these guys throughout the teens had worked with him off and on and then gone to do their own thing. And after, you know, his trial and, and all that, like that's when Buster Keaton started to take off. Because he actually, Fatty Arbuckle showed Buster Keaton everything he knew about filmmaking. Wow. And some of the things in these films or in some of their films, I believe Fatty Arbuckle did first years before, including that incredible role dance. Wow. The, the dance with the roles. Although Chaplin's was better. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Chaplin's was incredible. But Fatty Arbuckle did it roles? first. Yeah, yeah, I those are roles. Potatoes. No, 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 because he even says <laughs> I haven't put that part down in my notes. Yeah, it's uh I cause in the twenty five version he says, Give me these roles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He specifically says that they're roles. Okay. I thought Yeah, I thought yeah. They, were they do potatoes. look like potatoes. They I do. literally said I think he burnt the rolls. I put potato <laughs> dance. Yeah, I believe he actually burnt the rolls. Okay. So <laughs> they were dark, man. They they were very dark. <laughs> so so all three of these men started out with like one reelers, which are the short comedy films they would show before features. Mm-hmm. And so the these obviously are later in the twenties because they started those in the teens. So they were doing their own features at this point. So Harold Lloyd by 1923, you know, he'd been doing movies for probably a decade. Yeah. If not longer. So, so this is a guy at the top of his game, really like 10 years of experience under his belt. And he does a film safety last that I think is like, um, Wow, I put at the peak of his abilities, which I just said. Mm-hmm. I believe this is kind of like a prototype sitcom. Be- yeah. Because, yeah. Because it's like a workplace comedy, and it really only takes place in maybe like three it's locations. Like three, I was like, it's going to say like <laughs> yeah. really three locations. Yeah, that's it. But it's brilliant the way that everything ties together, and the boy mm-hmm. is trying to impress the girl. The girl. Spending and, all his little money. Yeah, and oh my god, and like that scene when he buys, uh, it might be when he buys the chain for the, the for the pendant for the pendant he, for, got, for the pendant yeah. he got, and he's looking at the the lunch. And yeah, all yeah, the, the lunch food's disappearing. It's, it's disappearing. Yeah, it's disappearing I was like, with, with all the money that he's yes, <laughs> and then he just tightens his belt and like walks yeah, away. So I was like, yo, so I've got I've put that down in my notes too. That was one of my favorite scenes. Um, so let's yeah, let's go ahead and get into safety last. Okay. Then. So so safety last. It's a it's a simple story, and I think the simplicity of this film is what made it work so well. Because it's a guy, he goes to the big city, he tells his girl, he leaves his girl behind, he tells her, I'm going to make a bunch of money and I'm going to come back and get you and take care of you. 
And when he gets there, you know, of course, life is never what you think it's going to be when you get to the big city. So he's working at like a fabric department store. Type yeah, deal. yeah, the fabric section yeah, of the, the department fabric store. section of the department store. Yeah. And it's hilarious. The, the ladies that come in and there's mm. a scene when there's like, I don't know if they were having a yard, a sale or something, but there was a ton of chicks in there and they're going insane. And he's like tricking them to give, he, he, there's a party tricks them all. He tells them all there's some money. On yeah. The who dropped that $50 yeah. bill? <laughs> they all drop down so he can give the one lady her fabric. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, there's some really good scenes in it. But one thing I like about this film is, it's quite thematically rich for how simple the story is yeah, and how goofy it all is, really. You know, it's a love story. It's a story about sacrifice. It's a story about hard work, the American dream. Yeah. It's a story about, you know, how far one is willing to go to get what they want. You know, it's a story about putting on false impressions. It's There's a lot of themes in this story that's only like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And there's no words in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got you got um the little cards, the um what do they call them? I, I want to say title T cards. Title but, cards. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, the title cards. So you got that narrating the story and it flows really really well and you get some insane building climbing scenes. Yes. It's it was two different dudes, right? Cuz the first time the guy running yeah, from the cop. Yeah, yeah, it's his roommate. All right, yeah. And, and that's where he gets the idea because he sees his roommate climbing a building running from this cop. Mm -hmm. And he gets the idea because his boss was like, I'll give $1,000 mm -hmm. to anybody who can get people into the store. And he's like, hey, I need the money mm -hmm. for the girl. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll have my friend climb this building. And then, of course, it goes wrong because the cop, the is, cop there. is there. And he, he recognizes the he guy. He recognizes him. And they're like, yeah, well, we can switch clothes. And, like, he won't notice, but that yeah. doesn't work. What, my, the, the greatest part, I think, of the movie is, so the boy whose name, you see it written down, is actually Harold Lloyd. It's Harold Lloyd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, his friend is like, all right, you'll have to go up to one floor until I ditch the cop. And every floor, he tells him the same he's thing. Like, I still got to ditch, gotta the, ditch cop. the cop. Just so, one more floor until I ditch the cop. The funny thing about that part is, so the first time he said it, I was like, he is never ditching the cop. I knew it right from there. I was like, he's never going to ditch the cop. And this man's going to have to climb this whole building by himself. And that's what happens. Yeah. And just the stunt work that was done was insane because – it looks so real. It yeah. looks so real. I was very impressed at how well they made the city look and how well they really made it look like this dude was climbing this building with no harness, no nothing, just yeah. free soloing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like And and with some fingers missing on yeah, his one hand. Yeah, and I was just gonna bring that up. I'm like, yeah. And then I find out the dude half his hands gone. So I'm like, yeah, wow, incredible. I'm really impressed. I was very impressed with him, so I did add a few more of his films to my list of things to watch because I'm I'm interested to see more what he's got brewing, and um I'm definitely gonna watch some of the some more Charlie Chaps. I still gotta watch the yeah. circus. I still gotta watch um the kid. And, oh, you know, the kid is the, really good. Some of the like real crazy ones. Have you ever seen the '60s TV show The Adams Family? Yeah, I've seen some episodes, but yeah. I watched a lot of it. Uncle Fester in that show uh -huh. was the kid in wow. The Kid. That's the first thing he ever did. Wow. Grew up to well, be Uncle had Fester. A, had a career. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jackie Coogan. Yeah. yeah. 
Incredible. That. So, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I was going to say so, but go ahead. Uh, tell them what you want. All right. So the crazy part is like a lot of things happen in this film that are important to the story. But the main thing is, and the thing everyone remembers is him climbing the building. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the most important part of the story. It is. And it's the finale third yeah. act. Yeah. I mean, if this was like a, you know, action blockbuster, this would be the finale. Yes. Know? Yeah. And I, I realized as I was watching it, I ended up watching this movie twice in the past week. Cause I was, oh. I realized something when I was watching it the first time and I'm like, I don't have my notebook with me. Ah. The second time, like when he's climbing the building, it's almost like the labors of Hercules. Yeah. Because he keeps running into like the ground floor of the cop is there. Mm-hmm. He's like the the thing he's fighting against on the ground floor because he wants his friend to do it, but the cop is there, so he has to he do has it. He has to do it. And then the uh the awning also that he hits the cop yep. with. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, so it's like the cop and then the awning that he, he hits the cop with. And then on the first floor those kids, when he gets there, those kids spill like peanut crumbs yeah. or whatever on him, and then mm-hmm. all the, and the birds, birds attack. Yeah, the birds, the and he birds. takes his hat off. Yeah, I'm like, this dude's gonna fall and die. <laughs> like, you know, yes, that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, the bird, and then he even shakes the peanuts off, and the birds still won't leave him alone. Yeah, so he has to pop the peanut bag yeah. to get him to leave. <laughs> and you notice the the music changes to almost sound Hitchcockian. Yeah, it does. when the birds it are there, does. yes, yes, and it's like. Hitchcock was probably watching that. And and thinking about what you just said with the like gauntlet style climbing the floors, that's a blueprint for a ton of video games. Like, (laughs) yes. And just action movies in general. (laughs) But thank you. But, um, if you think about it, there's so many films where you got to go up the levels. I mean, just look at like die hard or hard boiled or something like that. That's kind of a blueprint for it because he did run into trouble every time. Every time. Next level. And it's a simple concept, but it works and it's worked for so long. Yeah. And, and it's never probably not going to work. Yeah, because the, th- the second floor, then like the net from Sporting Goods falls yeah. on him. He has to get out of this net. <laughs> and. And then the third floor, there's that old woman lecturing him. Yeah. She's like, you know, you know you're going to fall and hurt yourself. Yep. And he's like, I hate to say this, but he's like, no shit. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to do this. I'm doing this because my friend keeps and, – and every floor also is his friend. Like, just one more just floor one until more I ditch floor, the cop. Just this cop. Like, so, so they do show the friend running from the cop the whole time also. Until he gets to the freaking roof. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, like, the fourth floor is – like, the wood plank from those painters ends up coming out. Yes. And, oh, and, and it knocks him back. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, he would die from this. This yes. would be the end. Yeah. <laughs> this would be the end. And, and then the fifth floor he finally gets to the clock the famous scene mm-hmm. where he's hanging from the clock yeah. hey. and, and then there's like the flagpole and then the friend put gets the rope down to him yeah which it's that, that's a whole other mess yeah, though too like, that was there hey for as as messy as that should have been yeah it was quite clean it was execution it was because that i mean most people even filmmakers now can make something like that fall all the way apart. Oh, yeah. And it would get messy and ugly. That stayed trim and tidy. The, choreogra- uh, the choreography was just, yeah. was just crisp, especially like the board coming out the uh, window. I oh. was just like, man, it was just so smooth. And the editing on these things, I'm just like... I know they cut up the film and all that, but I'm like, how do you, how do you edit this crap back in the day? They weren't using computers and no, stuff like no. that. So like, it, I respect them editors so much more. And and that's the amazing thing because then, 
I mean, we could talk about some of the great editing in uh, when we get to the gold rush. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but but yeah, like when he gets to the top, then he finally gets to the top. There's a couple of other things he he runs into on the way because there's a couple more floors after the clock. But yeah, then he gets stuck in that rope and he's swinging. He's literally mm-hmm. swinging, and then he swings up and just stands there. Like I don't know how how he does it. There's it, it was guys from like the talent level was extraordinary yes it it's was all parties involved so 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 basically yeah so he he makes it to the top his his girl is there yep so obviously it's a happily ever after because he knows he's gonna get the money yep so he either ha- can stop lying to her because he finally has money yeah or he has to continue to lie to her as if he still works there let's, even though he has the money let's just talk about some of his lies real quick oh the dude so the dude, she comes to the city because her mom is like, you can't let a good man like that wait. For <laughs> yeah. some reason, I just envisioned this woman with like a German accent. And probably I, German or Yiddish. Yeah, I was thinking I the same thing. I don't know why. I just felt like this woman yeah, would yeah. have been from Europe. <laughs> just, yeah. She tells her to basically go chase after him because he shouldn't be alone with all this money he doesn't yes. have. <laughs> but yeah. uh, and so she just pulls up on him and he's like, holy and he's like, you know, he's a grunt man. He's at the low man on the totem yeah. pole of this job. And she's and he, thinking he's got an office and he's calling the shots. So he's acting like he's calling the shots in yeah. front of her. <laughs> and everybody around him is like, dude, you're acting dumb. And the boss is calling him. And he's yeah. acting like, you know, he's the boss. He convinces her the boss's office is his. Oh he my takes God. her inside. It gets, it gets yes. really wild. It does. And this is all before the climb. Yeah, this yeah. is all before this is all the, the setup. That's what I'm like, I gotta say, he packed a lot of stuff into a small runtime, and it it paced really well. It was yeah. quite enjoyable of a film. I think it's if I if someone was like Dom, give me a silent film to start with. I would this would be one I would say this is a good starter silent film because I think it's fun. Anyone, it's an easy story to get into. It's funny. It's funny start to finish. Like when he misses, when he jumps on the truck instead of the train at oh, the very beginning. Yes, like, yes. That that's silly, and the the oh black my lady God. chases him, and it's it's funny. And then he uh, he pretends to be passed out to get a ride in. Yeah, to get a ride. So he yeah, get to work on time. And then when it get gets close, <laughs> he grabs the uh, the little microphone. And he's like, "Hey, let me off at this next corner." <laughs> Yeah, that was that was hilarious. But it was smart and clever. That was clever writing. This was to me. This writing here definitely laid a lot of foundation for stuff that was to come, especially like screwball comedies coming in the '30s when talkies got popping. Like you wouldn't have films like it happened one night and his girl Friday and stuff like that without these starter silent films because they all had a romance in the background. Yeah, and they. The romance all became the forefront leading into the finale of each three of these films. And they all deal with someone lying to a female. Yeah, yeah, because they feel they have to. They feel they have to. And it, it... it's insane to show I think it just shows you the difference in romance in the times because back then men were really wanted to be gentlemen and men were really, you know, doted on to be provider types and 
the head of the household and someone who needs to be able to take charge in order to impress a lady. That was very big back then. If you couldn't do that, you you probably weren't going to get the pick of the litter. Um, things are different now where women make their own money. They go out and make tons of money, man. Yeah, they go yeah. crazy. So it's not like that anymore. Women want to work. They don't want to be in the house like they used to. So it's different now. But back then, chicks were looking for a dude to take them from their father's home and provide the same comfort they had there just in a marriage setting. And so I think a lot of these guys felt like, bro, I'm not going to get this girl in my dreams if I don't at least you know, portray the illusion that I have this stuff. Yes. So that is all these films. They are comedies, but they're rom-coms at the end of the day. They're the the blueprint for a rom-com from, you know, all the stuff you guys like now, the rom-coms you like now. I don't, modern rom-coms aren't my thing. Uh, (laughs) I like the forties, thirties, forties, fifties ones are great, but I, I can't get too into many of the new ones. So, But all those films you guys like, they all started here. Yes. So and and out of the three, I think Safety Last had the funniest uh, like title card. So oh yeah, for sure. So so like the punchlines were like in what they had them saying. Also, Mm -hmm. instead of just the visuals, it like worked symbiotically. It did. It It did. Yeah. It was real clever writing. On the uh, the part of safety last, I think I think the gold rush was. I think all three of them were very well written. Yeah, I just think the execution on safety last worked the best. But they're all good stories, and like because the most you know original and interesting story of them all would probably be the general. But yeah. I think the general suffered from lack of execution the most of the three. The general was based on a true story. Really? Yes. Believe it or not, yes. Some dude just kind of faking his way. Well, it was it was something about like like that train incident actually happened. So it's like I guess like a fictionalized version of a real incident, kind of like Titanic. Wow. The, the movie. Okay. Obviously the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 Obviously. I mean, yeah. It's a romance movie. Yeah. It takes place. It's a rom com. It's a rom com. Yeah, but you had a sinking feeling <laughs> that it was gonna be a rom com. That's what it was. I mean, yeah. If we're talking rom coms, it would be one of the better ones, I guess. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. Titanic, a good movie. I've seen it a lot, but I, it's overrated. But it is good, and it. I'm glad it exists. It needed to exist because it definitely was like the next step after like probably like ET. I would say. To propel blockbusters, maybe Jurassic Park. Uh, you know what? You, it's really the first non-action adventure blockbuster. Blockbuster, yeah. Because even ET is more e. of an is a more of an, an adventure. adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, for sure. It definitely. You're right. It took blockbusters to the next level as far yeah. as you could have an epic, crazy blockbuster popcorn flick that wasn't action, wasn't people getting killed, wasn't heroes or anything. Actually, a lot of people got killed. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they did. People died. Yeah, they didn't oh. get killed well, that's true you're right you're right there is a difference you're yeah, right they weren't murdered yeah but they it wasn't like john mcclain was on yeah, the titanic wasn't on the t- yes. well actually since it's a boat it would be steven seagal steven seagal so, you know the original under siege yes oh so, that was when he was making good flicks but anyways yeah. go ahead oh so speaking
speaking of overrated, what would you rate safety last? Oh, that gets an A. That yes. gets an A for sure. Uh, that's an easy A, maybe even an A+. plus. I, actually, I'm going to give it an A+, plus because movies like that are why we love films today. Yeah. We needed those films. Um, safety last is a film that I think I can see why you picked it and why it pushed us forward. And I thought it was a great watch. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think it's a film anybody could get into. Yeah, all ages. A hundred years old. That's all I was gonna say. April first. It was the hundredth anniversary. Year. Yeah, I was like, yeah. hundred years old. Holds up super well. Holds up better than Morbius. Morbius feels that <laughs> old. <laughs> wow. Morbius feels like it came out in 1923. <laughs> it always goes back to Morbius. It, it does. To. That's it that's the to. punch. That's the punching bag movie of the yeah. last like two years. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, and it will be for a little bit, probably until like. Uh, Craven or oh, Madam Web or, or whatever, punching bag. yeah, or whatever <laughs> Spider-Man adjacent movies are going to come out later. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get some punching bag stuff. But Morbius is it for now, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jared Leto. <laughs> Um, you know, you played your part. Well. He deserved better. Yeah, he Let's put it that way. It, he man. deserved better. Especially because I just watched Rec Room for a Dream the other day. And I'm mm. like, man, he's such a good actor. He man, is. I can't believe he's a Morbius. <laughs> but Ellen Burstyn in that movie. Oh, you haven't seen. I have to get on your Aronofsky, man. Yeah. Look, Ellen Burstyn is a great actress. Oh, she's Wasn't great. she in uh, The Exorcist? Yep. and uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Alice doesn't live here. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. That's a real good one. And Scorsese loved working with her. Yeah, yeah. They even though they butted heads a lot, a lot, a lot. But she's like, "Hey, you got me an Oscar. No, I'm up. I like that." We might have to talk about that movie. There's a lot of really good things in that film, especially how it begins. It's kind of like it's it's definitely like the beginning of the Wizard of Oz, but that's mm -hmm. for another time. Oh yeah, because that's yeah. We, we definitely definitely we can get into that, but um. So yeah, you got to get on your Aronofsky. But I do, I anywho, do. I still can't believe you didn't watch The Whale, man. At least I, just for Brendan Fraser. I I should because I do love him. You gotta I need watch to. The I need Whale. To. It's short, bro. It's like an hour and a half. Man. Oh, Ar that's the beauty. Aronofsky's movies are all short. They're like Record for Your Dreams, an hour and a half. Like the fountains, an hour and a half. He did pie, didn't he? He did pie. Uh, the, like symbol, an hour and the symbol, yeah, pie. the symbol pie. Symbol pie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He did like that movie's like an hour and twenty. You know, all his yeah. film, the rest was like hour forty. Okay, yeah, they're all short. They're all like for the most part under two hours. You gotta watch Mother, like uh, Jennifer God, Lawrence, yes, right? Sir. Okay, like and not just because she, you know, is great to watch, but it's <laughs> a good film. How she has this far? mystique about her. She. <laughs> Yes, she does. <laughs> I don't care. She's blue, white, tan. I don't care what hair color. She's an angel. But, yeah, so anyways, back into yes. what we're talking uh, about. Sorry. The Gold Rush or mm -hmm. The General? Which one? We'll, we'll go The Gold Rush. We'll go okay. in order, right? Because we're, we're doing the 25 version. Are we doing the 40, or 40s version? Believe it or not, I, I think it... We can do both because they are the same we'll film. Just, we'll just, yeah, we'll weave in. We'll yeah, just call yeah, them yeah. All right, so Gold Rush. So what did you think of the Gold Rush? So the Gold Rush, I thought it picked up nicely in the third act. But I will say, I was a little like, what am I watching? And yeah. about the first 10 minutes, I was kind of confused for a minute. But then once I realized what was going on, I thought it was decent. Um, one thing I liked, um, what was his name? Uh, John? 
Big Jim. His name? Big Jim. Big, Big Jim. Jim. I was like, I don't remember my notes. Yeah, Big, Big Jim. Jim Big Jim McKay. Yeah. So all the scenes in the cabin with Jim and Charlie are freaking great. Especially when they're hungry. Even they're hungry. Yo, that was, <laughs> so that did have me laughing when he's sitting there starving and he's like, you look like a chicken. And he's yeah. like ready to kill him. he pictures him like a chicken. As a chicken. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is funny. But when he cooks the shoe, bro, and he boils the shoe, and he splits it up, and he gets the, like, top, uh, Jim gets the top part, and he gets, like, the sole with the nails yes. coming out. And I'm like, and the laces. Really? Yeah. He also does the laces because he eats them like spaghetti. Did they really make shoes with nails like that back in the day? I'm sure they did or I they wouldn't like have they had did. it. Yeah, yeah they would have like, had to. This is crazy, man. Imagine when them nails pop out. That's what a cobbler was for, I think. You're right. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, we don't have cobblers anymore. We don't. That's, Un- that's unless it's a dessert. <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> a little peach cobbler is yeah, good, you know. I now if you find nails stuff. in it, you know why. You know, yes. The cobbler and was I, making cobbler. And hopefully I do, then I can sue the restaurant and retire. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because there's that one part with the nail. The one nail's bent, and it looks like he's holding it like he wants it, Jim to break the wishbone. He does, yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I was like. That's what I was like, bro, is he thinking St. Thanksgiving or whatever? Yeah. Because it was Thanksgiving. Bone. That was oh, a Thanksgiving it? meal. I didn't realize that, that's what Thanksgiving. It, yeah, I, I don't remember. In the 1942 version, I think he narrates it in passing. But in the 25 version, it actually says a Thanksgiving dinner. I didn't, I didn't remember him saying it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was Thanksgiving. But when he cuts the shoe, why does it cut almost like meat, though? Like, it cuts quite clean. I guess because, I mean. Because he boiled it? Probably. And if you think about it, like, the, the top of it would have been leather. Mm-hmm. And the bottom could have been, like, not rubber, but something like that just sturdy yeah pro- yeah so I maybe that's know. why and also it probably wasn't a real shoe it wasn't yeah, yeah but because he eats a candle funny. at one yeah, point yeah. too <laughs> it's just yeah. funny how he cuts it yeah but it's then he's like oh i'm still hungry he's like you want me to make another shoe and I'm he's like, like no oh not that God. anything but that i'm like this is insane <laughs> yeah big jim me. is is an interesting character he is he is i mean he's the homie though yeah he's, he especially is especially at the end he comes through clutch yeah but, but this film also had the the at the forefront is still a romance yeah like yes he wants to make money he wants to get rich but to me i felt he was far more interested in georgia uh yes. than he had georgia on his mind georgia was on his <laughs> mind she was a georgia peach yeah and you know he's hanging out with her and her little friends, and and they're making fun of him. They're making tramp. fun of him because he is the tramp. Yeah, but they come to yeah. his crib. But back then, a tramp was a bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I just and realized. So, I'm like, Wait well, a second. listen, if we're talking about Charlie Chapman and we say the tramp, <laughs> yeah, I haven't even seen that many of his movies, and I even know that's like, yeah, you that's, know, that's a his iconic, yeah, he's character. A tramp, you know, yeah. he, he's he plays those types of characters all the time. You know, that's his, that's his spiel, but. You know, he's they, they come to his house, the girls come to his house, and, you know, they have dinner, and, you know, he does, we got to talk about the, the roll dance, which I thought it was potatoes, because <laughs> um, <laughs> they look kind of, like you said earlier, I think that you burnt the rolls, Yeah, because yes. I'm like, dude, I thought that they look like like uncooked potatoes or like a baked potato that yeah. without the, the anything on it. Yeah. So he takes this like, what are they, two like tongy forks? Yeah. And he starts dancing with these Yeah, because he's dreaming. Okay, so so these girls say that they're going to ha- have dinner with him at 8 o'clock on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. 
New Year's Eve. I'm sorry, New Year's Eve. And so he's waiting for them and he falls asleep. And this is a dream that he has of them opening the presents and, you know, Georgia kisses him. Kisses him, yeah. And, and they say he's the best. And they want him to uh, give a speech, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not good with speeches, but I can dance. Yep. <laughs> and, and this is how he dances. It's like, I'll try and like edit a little something in there so that people can see it yeah but it's it's really silly i did laugh at that i was like it's incredible though it is the choreography is amazing it was really good i was like (laughs) okay this this works for whatever reason it's so good johnny depp did it in benny and june i believe i've never watched that yeah i believe he did do it i i I think i saw 30 years ago i can barely remember you know a movie i haven't seen with him and you're gonna be like i can't believe it but i'm gonna watch it soon donnie brasco that's supposed to be really good. It is. Isn't Him that Al Pacino? Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Wow. Anywho, and, yeah, sorry. Anyway. Say it about Johnny. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> he did do the, the dance, though. I think imitating I mean, Charlie. I mean, actually, let's talk about Johnny. Okay. Because if you watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you cannot tell me Johnny wasn't watching Charlie Chapman in that performance. He's very Charlie Chapman-like in that performance. Have you seen that? I it's been a long I mean that came out in 05. 05. Yeah, so it's been a while but I remember like he he was sort of uh this might be offensive but Michael Jackson S. He was he, he was, was like very Michael, Michael Jackson S. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He definitely had a Michael Jackson vibe. Somebody else said that too so yeah, it's not yeah. offensive. Yeah. Um, I think that movie's absolutely atrocious. I hate Compared to the original it, or just in general? In general, the original is money. I love Gene Wilder. Watch Blazing Saddles yesterday. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I, I I have to say it, the best part of the movie when I forget who is talking to Cleavon Little, but they're like, they said you was hung, and he's like, they was right. They was right, bro. <laughs> they was right. I started dying. I was uh, like, yo, Mel Brooks wrote this black dude some bright lines. I was like, go for it. He and Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor wrote yeah, that. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's so funny. Yeah, that's a great film. Well, we'll have to get into that we, at we, some point. We maybe that... will have to have like a... Uh, like a like a seventies like uh yeah we'll have like a black exploitation type type episode and we can kind of throw blazing saddles in there because that was kind of like in the mix of the black exploitation era yeah type even though it's not a black exploitation film it's a it's a weird western take on one I would say yeah yeah but anywho but yeah I do think Johnny uh, was watching little Charlie when he was uh, getting ready for Charlie oh he he probably would have had to yeah I'm like. Dude, this the movements and everything. Yeah, and like, let's talk about Charlie Chapman as a as a character for a second. He has a very very distinct look. You know yes. exactly who he is as soon as you see him. The top hats, the weird curly hair, the little Hitler mustache. Well, it, at that point, it wasn't. It wasn't Hitler actually. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, at that point, it was just like <laughs> I think it's like a toothbrush mustache or something. Because Oliver Hardy had it too with Laurel and Hardy, like, and that was all before, before uh, you know Adolf. So, so I I just have to point that out. Chaplin right, and okay. Hardy had it first. He wasn't trying to imitate him, yeah, especially because yeah. he made a movie yeah. making fun of him. He did. Have you seen the Great Dictator? I have not dictator. seen the Great Dictator, but I've seen little clips. Yeah, and I was laughing at some of the clips I saw. So that is definitely one I'm going to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but, it's good. It's good. But I'm I'm guessing he. One thing: all three of these men 
wore excessive amounts of makeup. Yes, pancake um, makeup. Yes, right. like freaking uh Harold Lloyd had more makeup on than any female in that film. <laughs> any. His yes, face was yes. like the color of that paper in front yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah. These guys are bone white. Yeah. And it's like, even though these films aren't even like, they're obviously in black and white and they're not crisp like colors. Like you can yeah. still tell that's a ghost you're looking at. Do you think it's because of the vaudeville influence? Because I know Chaplin and Keaton, definitely Keaton, started out in vaudeville and you'd have to wear that kind of makeup. So, like, the people in the back row can see you. See, yeah. Do you, you know, think, maybe that is it. So, like, in the theater, the people in the back row can still make out at least, like, you know, the, the dark around the, the yeah. eyes and everything. That might, that's probably so. That might be so. Because before color, that might have been the only that way is. to do and it. And I was going to say, it does work because it makes them stand out. Yeah. Because as soon as you see Charlie, you're like, wow, his face is the whitest face I've ever seen <laughs> with this dark mustache, dark eyebrows, dark, dark hair, hat, the dark, dark hair. Hat. He's very, he's a very color contrasted character. Yeah. Which I think adds to his animated style of acting because he's a very animated actor. And all three of these actors were because that's how you had to be without speaking yeah you had to have those physical attributes yes, yes. and yeah. i think that has to be respected and that's why i'm like out of all these films i respect what these guys were able to do because you had to tell a story without telling the story yeah so it's like yeah you had the title cards they're a sentence you know they, yeah. they tell you one thing yeah. that either someone said or what the setting is real quick. And if you blink, you miss the title card and you don't even know what happened, then, you know, you just got to keep rolling. But the actors are good enough to keep you rolling with the story. Yeah. Um. And so the gold rush, when you, when you, you we got to talk about Georgia and Jack. Okay. Um, so Jack in the version I watched, Georgia, what I liked about Georgia, Georgia wasn't no floozy. Um, she acted like it, but she wasn't. Version. Yeah. She sort of wasn't in 1925 either, but her and her girlfriend seemed like they, they were they the liked entertainment. Attention. They liked yeah. attention. Yeah. You know, like all women do. Yeah. They, they, oh. were, they were like Yukon showgirls. Mm -hmm. yes. 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 But Georgia was very strong in her convictions when it came to Jack. Jack was a big guy, stout. A guy, especially back then, women probably wanted like a Gaston type of guy. Actually, yeah, he would be like Gaston. Yeah, he yeah. was like a Gaston. That's who he reminded me of. And just like Belle, she's like, bro, I want no parts of you. He was so aggressive and predatory. And I was, he was making me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, couple scenes, I was shocked at some of the aggressive nature he portrayed in a film that old. But she stood her ground, and I like that. And, you know, she liked the tramp because he was sweet. Yeah. And, you know, he, of course, he was trying to impress her, but she liked that because he didn't try and do it in a macho way. He was something different. Yeah. And, you know, that trope has been going on in films forever. The girl's sick of the, the rough, the big, rough, tough, jerky dude. And she, you know, takes a shot at the sweeter, more sensitive guy, the the guy who cares about her feelings, listens to her. It's the same type of story, just way back in the day. Yeah. So bringing it all back to the center, 
all these movies, the center is all romance. The, all these guys, their ultimate desire is love. Why does Harold Lloyd want all this money? So he can have his chick. Yeah. Why does the tramp want to get this money? So he can have his chick. Yeah. The general, why does the dude want to be a soldier? So he can get his chick. Yeah. So it's that they, they all their motives are centered around love. And you know, that love was strong. Love was different back then. And I think, you know, and just like we were talking about a couple weeks ago. They fall in love so fast in all these movies. Oh, you yes, know, they it's, do. It's like yeah. 15 minutes. They hung out twice, and it's like, bro, I think we should get married. You know, it's like... <laughs> well, so, well, this movie takes place, I think, in the 1890s. 1890s, yeah. because yeah. it's the, you know, Early Alaska, Yukon, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's cold as hell. Where yeah. Like, there's bears and stuff around. Yeah, um, and cabins that barely stand. Cabins that can... <laughs> so, you know what? Let's let's just go ahead and roll into the third act, because I'm glad you brought that up. So, yeah. in the third act, it gets crazy in this movie, bro. The cabin... So, what? There's a storm. Yes. And the storm gets crazy, and the cabin literally starts moving and blowing away. And the cabin ends up... On the edge of a cliff. Teetering. Teetering, like literally <laughs> like a seesaw. And Jack and um Oh no, Jim, Jim big Jim. Jim and, um, uh, and the, the tramp. tramp. They're running back and forth trying to keep the balance. And you know, we've seen this goofy stuff in like cartoons and all that. Like this stuff influenced a lot. A you lot. can tell, you yeah. You can tell. It's it's insane the the amount of influence it had on some of this stuff. And it's a really funny scene because you're just, I'm like, I was kind of hoping the house would fall. Uh, I was like, it, so, so they had this, the fate of Black Larson. Yeah. The guy from the beginning. Uh, I was like, this is funny. If it would fall, it would just be hilarious. But this thing is rocking back and forth crazy. And they're being so dumb. They get it level like three times yeah. and then keep screwing it, it up. Yeah, because they're not sure which side is which i guess which yeah, side has it, ground and which doesn't and it, but if they were smart they realized the heavy guy is on the side that's clearly tilting a lot faster like yes so yes like, run left okay yeah, yeah and we'll take a breath look around and figure out the situation they just panic so much but that that, that scene works really well and you know it works in their favor they end up getting rich and become millionaires, man. Yeah. They get papered out. And the tramp ain't a tramp no more. He walking around, fresh suit, monocle, looking cool, looking yeah. fresh. And Smoke, smoking, smoking not thrown away cigars. Yeah, smoking them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what he ends up on this boat. And who's on the boat? Of course, the love of his life. You know? Yeah, the George chick is he there. probably only knew for a couple couple months, maybe. If that, a couple if weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like weeks. Yeah. So George is there, and they think he's a stowaway, right? Yeah, she thinks he's a stowaway because yeah. she hears them saying that they're looking for a stowaway. Yeah, they're looking for one. So, so these photographers are there because they want to take pictures and do a cover story of these new millionaires, mm-hmm. Big Jim and the Tramp, because mm-hmm. the Tramp doesn't really have a name. You don't have a name. Other than uh, the little fellow, if yeah, you watch the 1942 version. Fellow. Yeah. And, and so... These photographers want a picture of him in his mining clothes, which is his beat-up suit that he wears as the tramp. Yeah. So she sees him and thinks he's the stowaway. Yeah. But, man, he was yeah. rich. And, you know, it has a happy ending. 
Um, it does. You know, well, the 20s version is a little different. I didn't see it, but I was informed on how it ends, which is still a happy, cute little ending. You yeah. Know? It's, it just it, solidifies what you think. Yep. It's, I was like, it just yeah. locks in what you already know. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought the general was, or sorry, um, the Gold Rush, I thought it was a pretty good film. You know, I didn't think it was as funny as Safety First. I thought it was goofy as hell. There was some real goofy <laughs> yes, stuff. I did yes. shake my head a couple times. I was like, I was like, I know back in the day, this was what people had for entertainment, and they yes. probably thought this was brilliant, and it was, and it is brilliant. But you know, me growing up in the '90s, the comedies I grew up with already had raunchy, crazy stuff in them. They were already over the top. You know, so that style of comedy isn't what I grew up with until I started exploring films when I got older. So watching it, it feels goofy and silly because it is. Yeah. But I can absolutely appreciate it for what it is, what it did, and, you know, how it changed people's lives back in the day. People, the highlight of their week was going to the pictures, you know. If, yeah. If they can get to the pictures, that was the highlight of their week because TVs weren't homes yet. So it was like... Even if you were watching something, that wasn't even that good. That was some probably some of the best escapism you could have back then. And he was the biggest star in the world. He was. He yeah. was the man, bro. He was rolling in the bread. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he always played these down and out characters, and this man was not down and out. Not at you all, no. He was chilling. He looked nothing like the tramp. Nothing. You know, <laughs> he on the streets, he was probably rolling around in the freshest new model T or whatever was yeah. you know, booming back then. So, um, overall, great. I'm yeah. going to give Gold Rush a B, maybe a B plus, um, because of influence alone, stunt work, choreography, all that is A1. It's very well edited, too. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that editing is crazy. The way they got the cabin to spin around, I don't yeah. know how they did that. And, that and even when, like, Black Larson, like, the way that the – that they edit him into like the the cliff like falling. Yeah, you know I'm what like, I mean. How'd y'all... I yeah. was very impressed with because that's pre Metropolis. Yes, I was like I was so. very impressed with the the filmmaking techniques. Yeah. that went on in that film and like Metropolis definitely was a crazy feat for back then. That yeah. that film it rivals Morbius. So <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with your B or B plus, and I think. Only because it's a dramatic comedy, so it's not—it's it not like a full-fledged comedy. Like Safety Last is like almost all comedy That's all, all comedy. the time, start to finish. You're laughing. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think you'll find in more more of Chaplin's stuff, it's like it's always a dramatic comedy. Like, there's funny stuff, but it's more like a tearjerker yeah. or heart wrenching. There's a lot of pathos. There's a lot of like you can relate to the Tramp because of the human condition. Yeah. But if you're gonna if you're expecting to laugh like for two hours, you're not going to laugh for that long. And maybe that was my, not yeah. necessarily my issue, but maybe I, I definitely went in expecting more the humor. Gold Rush to be more like Safety Last. Yeah. I was expecting him to be just doing crazy, goofy, nutty, funny, Three Stooges type of stuff yeah. the whole time because I'm not very familiar with his work. So. But that will change, guys. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, what what are you giving uh, Gold Rush? I I would say yeah. I I agree with your B or B plus. Yeah, like because because it's not it's not a straight comedy. It's mm -hmm. uh, it mixes the two genres and it even says it 
in the beginning, I don't remember if it's the 1942, but I know definitely in the 1925 version, it says a dramatic comedy. Yeah. yeah so, so it warns us right, right away. All right. So before right. we get into the general, let's jump into our intermission. Intermission. So let's, uh, you want to do, let's do movie release here. I'll, I'll do you first. So okay. guys, I know we've been lacking on giving you time to, to guess or think. So wait like seven seconds before we answer. All right? Okay. All right. So movie release here. I, I know you probably know it. So just contain yourself. Okay. Okay. City lights. Oh my God. City lights. God, I know when Modern Times came out. Um, is this enough time that's passed? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, I would say 1932, 31. Oh my right God, there, right there. Because I think Modern Times came out in 36, mm -hmm. and he had gaps because he would take his time with. Yeah, he was just smart. Yeah, you know, yeah. Make, make the people miss you too. Yeah. I'm sure he was hanging out and doing stuff, enjoying his life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Trip to the Moon. Oh, my God. Trip to the Moon. I love it. The uh, If you ever watch the video for the Smashing Pumpkins Tonight, Tonight. Yeah, it's a great video. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Shot for Shot Remake. Video. I love it. It's so good. Starring Tom Kenny. Yep. From SpongeBob, SpongeBob. SquarePants <laughs> and Mr. And Show. Mr. Show. Yes. Mr. Yes. Show. <laughs> um... I got a trip to the moon. You know what? I want to say 1901, but it might be. Oh, it might be what? God, but I want to also say like 1903. It's 1902. Is it? You're right oh in the my god! God, that's terrible. <laughs> you're right. In the like you're right there. You're you're a one off on yeah. each one. Wow. All right, last one. Man with the movie camera. Man with the movie camera. Mm -hmm. Is that it? I assume it's a silent film. Mm -hmm. I, I assume it's an early one. It's it's getting closer towards talky. Okay. If it's closer towards talky, the first talky was in 1928. Mm -hmm. So 27? 29. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're close, though, on all of Man. All right, what movie releases you got for me? Okay, um, I have I have these questions. I have to ask one of my trivia questions to you first. Okay. Okay, because these other two questions have to do with the answer to a trivia question. <laughs> okay. What is the only film in which Chaplin and Keaton co-star? They're in a film together. They're in a film together. Oh, Only one oh, film yeah. out of all the films that they made, and they made hundreds if you count their short subjects. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean the Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz when I say short subjects. <laughs> no. I have no clue. Limelight. Limelight. Yes. Is it good? Actually, it is pretty good, but it's one of those dramatic comedies. Oh, it's dramatic. And, okay. And... They're older. Yeah. So, in what year did Limelight come out? That is my question. They are it's, older. It's silent, right? It is not a silent film. It's not. I'm going to say 1942. 
1952. Dang, way older. Yeah, 1952, Limelight came out. Way older. Now, in what year did Limelight win the Academy Award for Best Music? Oh, it did, huh? It did. But in what year? 53? 1973. How does this happen? Okay, so apparently... <laughs> apparently, uh, Charlie Chaplin was like... He had his passport revoked, so he couldn't come back into the United States shortly after this film was released. So they didn't actually release the film in Los Angeles to be in contention for an Oscar until 1972. Wow, and it still won. And it still won. So 20... Years later, so in '73 for like the '72 Oscars. That's insane. It won 20 it years later. Won. That's insane. Yeah, but only because they revoked They're his passport because like, we, we kind of effed you. Yeah. Dang! Wow. All right, what else you got? Oh, that's another. Okay. In what year did the first feature-length comedy come out? Because remember, there's a lot of short subjects and everything. So since we're talking about feature-length comedies, in what year was the first feature-length comedy that co-starred Charlie Chaplin and uh, Big Jim McKay, whose real name, Max Swain, that's his real Max name. Max Swain. Oh. It co-starred Max Swain and Charlie Chaplin. I'm going to say 1914. You are correct. Yeah. Now. Right. I have no clue what movie it oh, is. Oh, that, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> I was like, I figure he's going to ask me what it is, <laughs> and I do not know. So, if you guys, so what movie was that? Take your time if you know it. All right, you can reveal it. All right. It is Tilly's Punctual Romance. Is it good? I started to watch it. It's not bad. He's not the tramp in it. Okay. Because I learned through this that he started doing films in 1914. Like, at the beginning of 1914, like January is when they started to release. January, okay. February. There's a ton of stuff that he released. His second film, he has the tramp persona. Okay. But so that was an early on. Yeah, thing. an early thing. So, like, the first one that was released, he's not the tramp. And the last one in 1914 is Tilly's Punctual Romance. Wow. And they're all on, like, his YouTube page. It's a, There's a Charlie Chaplin YouTube page, and it's by year. You can watch wow. all these things by year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like Charlie C. They're not necessarily... Somebody's getting paid off your stuff. I'm sure his, 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 family, his descendants, like, yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, we love Dad. And they're, they're not necessarily great, in, like, release order, but if you go on Wikipedia, you can see what order yeah, they, they were released in and then watch them. correctly. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right, so I got some trivia for you. Okay. Okay. How many movies did Charlie Chaplin direct... Oh my god. It was actually less than I thought. Yeah, when be- I looked it up. If uh if it's really just his features? Features. Cuz I think features. other people direct yeah. the shorts. Yeah, his features. So, I got it's multiple guests. Though. Okay, okay. A 9 B 10 C 11 or D 12. I'm thinking 12. Yep. Wow. Mhm. All right, what's the highest grossing silent picture? I don't rush if you already know it. Do you know it? I don't think I do. I need. Okay, I got you. Okay. 
A, Gold Rush, B, Birth of a Nation, C, Ben-Hur, or D, The Circus? Oh, the Circus is another Chaplin film. Mm -hmm. Now, all four of these are in the top ten highest grossing silent films of all time. Ben-Hur, was that another Cecil B. DeMille film? Do you I know? I think, but I'm not a hundred. Because I think he liked those biblical epics. Mm -hmm. Uh... Unless you think Ben Hur is about a trans individual, which it could be, it could be if you don't see how if you don't see how her is spelled, yes. you might think that if you just hear it. Like, he Ben Hur, yeah, or, or Ben Hur, yeah. yeah. Um, God, I, I would hate for it to be Birth of a Nation, but I know it was really popular, and it started, but that was 1915. Mm-hmm. All right, Birth of a Nation. Correct. Wow. Correct. Wow. Ten million dollars really? back in nineteen fifteen. Oh my god. Crazy, right? And it started it so nuts. <laughs> it it is. And have you seen it? I've seen a lot of like clips from it, but yeah. I've not seen it in its entirety. But I've seen some of the scenes, and I'm like, it's terrible. Oh, what the <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah, I do want to watch it in its entirety. I have yeah, to. at least for its historical yeah, I got it. significance, if only in reigniting interest in the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> God, is that awful? Is that terrible? It is, but you know, as bad as it is, and, and this is going to sound probably even crazy coming from me, but D.W. Griffith kind of changed the game with that film. He did with the techniques and what like what he pulled off, and it was like three hours. Yeah, he pulled off 15, an epic, yeah. a silent epic, and I mean, he made a film people did like. And you know, of course, he's trying to write that wrong a lot. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I read that John Ford helped on that too. Really? Yeah. And wow. they, that, so they said the Searchers was his way of like writing that wrong. Okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah. So I, I just read that. I don't know how true it is. Yeah. But yeah, so I am gonna watch that eventually. It's, yeah. it's been on my list. All right, this is a random, random, fun one. I had to throw something off off base. Okay. How many Fast and Furious movies does Vin Diesel star in? A, 8, B, 10, C, 9, or D, 7? All right, this is, uh, I'm just going to talk for a few seconds just to, to get my time in here. But it's sad because I think I know this answer and I've never seen any of them other than Hobbs and Shaw. Because my dad wanted to see Hobbs and Shaw. Hold on. I hold think Vin Diesel's on. a terrible actor, even though I love Bloodshot, because I you love the comic book character. You don't like Pitch Black? I haven't seen it, because Vin Diesel starred in it. Bro, it's so good. My favorite Vin Diesel role, believe it or not, is Saving Private Ryan. when he gets shot and killed. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible he when he gets shot. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of my niece. Or, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, actually, he was the voice of the Iron Giant and grew and grew. I'm like, yeah. dude, his voice work is a yeah. His voice work is incredible. I think his acting is terrible. He's not a great actor. No, but nine, nine is works. the answer. It's actually eight. Is it eight that he stars in? Now he's technically in nine. Yeah, because he's not in two. Yeah, in Tokyo Drift, he makes a cameo. At oh, the I forgot very about end. Tokyo Drift. He makes a cameo at the very end. Because that's Lucas Black, Lucas right? Black. Oh my Whoa, god. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. So yeah. oh, 
Yep. Like Actually, he, I'm not ashamed because I never saw. Yeah, him. I'm like, dude, you, you were pretty close for <laughs> yeah. someone who didn't. See I knew it was Tyrese in the second. Tyrese one. is in the second yeah. one. Yeah, or what? Baby boy, right? Baby boy, <laughs> classic <laughs> man, John yeah. Singleton. Rest in peace. Um, wow. Now you got a stream recommendation. Believe it or not, I was thinking this this whole week. Just um, I would just say Tubi because you can find. All of Buster Keaton stuff. Yeah, yeah, that you can, was on there. You can it's even on Paramount Plus too. Oh, yeah, is it? That, yeah, that's where nice. I watch the general ad free. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And and HBO. Or I'm sorry, Max, Max has a lot of Harold Lloyd and almost yeah. all of all the Chaplins. Yeah, there for the most part, at least all the like main ones. Yeah, probably ones. all twelve. Yeah, from what yeah, I'm thinking now. I think now. they are because like. I just typed in Charlie and like it was just a whole bunch yeah. of stuff came up. So. so so that's what I would say. If anyone's actually interested in checking them out, they are available. Mm-hmm. And there's even uh they they use AI for everything, even though it's never gonna take over because they still need people to program it. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> human brains. They, they've used AI to like colorize some of these older black and white silent films, and you can find them on YouTube. Yeah. In case you want to see it so like the shadows aren't as dark, and you can mm-hmm. kind of see what's going on better in some scenes. Yeah, yeah. They definitely done some nice cleanup on tons of old films. Yeah. Some of these older films look like they came out a couple years ago. So, yeah, nothing specific. Just if you're interested in any of these these artists and their work, that's where you can find them. All right. Well, I got a specific streaming recommendation. Right. And it's got to be one of the best films I've ever watched. Checked it out last night. Now, this is a streaming app most of y'all don't have. This is for the deep folks, the deep cinnies. But it's a French film. Mm. It's on the Criterion channel. Wow. It's called La Haine, 1995. Okay. This film is incredible. It's about three dudes whose friend gets beaten up by the cops and he's in a coma and they're waiting to see if he's going to live or not. And it's really just a day in the life of these three guys rolling around urban ghetto Paris, France. Mm. And it's a side of France that you don't usually see in films. The three leads, it's a Jewish guy, an Arab, and a black dude. Oh, wow. Their chemistry is off the charts. The movie is funny as hell. I was a lot. There's a part where one of the dudes is giving one of his friends a haircut, and I, oh my god, it's so funny. I was laughing tears, guys. Like not even kidding. This film is incredible. It's powerful. It's very relevant to today. It's insanely relevant still, which is kind of sad. But I think most people knew this isn't going to change overnight. 95 could have came out in 2020 and you wouldn't notice a difference it's very stylistic it's got some it's some cool stuff in it the music everything the vibe of it is great guys i would absolutely check it out it's got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes and 8.1 on imdb that gives you any incentive who directed it Oh, what's his name? Hold on, I gotta hear. Because I'm curious. Because I, I think Luke Besson is the only like French, oh, he's amazing. or like Matthew Cassavitz. Okay, he's a uh, he did Babylon A.D. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that with uh, Vin Diesel? No, I, no, no, I don't know. No, wait, no, is he in that? I think I, think, I never saw it. Yeah, but it looked it looked pretty bad. That might um, actually be with Vin Diesel. I'm like, bro, you might not be wrong. 
Hold on, let me see. I got it. And the fact that I knew that off the top of my head is frustrating, if that's yeah. true. You know, you know some stuff. You know, you know, right? Yeah. Bro, it's that Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that sounded familiar. Yep, it's Vin Diesel. Because, you know, after the Fast and the Furious came out, look, like the Triple X movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. or at least the first one Dude, he was the in. the first Triple X was fun, too. You, yeah. can't, you can't sleep on I'm, Vin, bro. But, but see, I did... I did see uh, Bloodshot because, like I said, yeah. I loved the comic when yeah. I was a kid. That's so, the only reason. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I got to see this movie. Like, I want to see this character who most people don't know because it was almost like an independent comic. Yeah. You know, get the big budget treatment. And the movie was terrible. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't on the level of Morbius. No. But it was actually not as bad as I thought it would be. Of course, that's always a pleasant surprise. Yeah, right? but it, it was Vin Diesel, and I'm like, oh, and the guy from Outlander, <laughs> like, dude, that guy isn't really a good actor either, like, because Outlander, you gotta you know, get wooden guys for this stuff. Yeah, and that's awful because you think, you think with the modern superhero films, you know, you can get a good actor to play or a great actor to play a good part and make it great. Like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Rob is like RDJ, the litmus test. Yeah. Chris yeah. Evans. Some yeah. you know, dudes like that. Yeah. Um, of course, Christian Bale, you know, or girl. even Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, who, is pro. who probably top three best physical actors of all time. You know who one of his heroes was? Who? Buster Keaton. Makes sense. Yes. The action. Yes. Makes sense. Real quick before we jump. Yeah. Yeah. The general. Anything good you watch besides what we're discussing this week? All right. You know, uh, today I just watched the series finale of The Flash. Oh, how was it? You know what? It was – it's kind of bittersweet because it's, it's actually a very satisfying ending to the show because it's like – it doesn't really end, if that makes sense. Okay. So it gives you hope so for you the future. Could, yeah, I was like, you know yeah. you might get something else. Yeah, and it's – and after like nine years – with these characters, it's, you know, I, I admit I, I had some water. Yeah, of course. Tear bro. up a little bit because yeah. I knew it was the end. It's the end. It, like, it was bro, the, I've, been, I've been chilling with you for nine years. Yeah. Yeah, I watched I watched that. I watched, uh, like, the new Superman and Lois, which is honestly a great show. And this new season is, is stellar. It's just, uh, there's so many emotions in these shows. Like, the, the humanity... In this Superman show is unreal. That's the CW one, right? Yes. The CW, I they they've been doing their thing with their shows the last few years. Yeah, man. they they really have. So I mean, I I can't I can't say nothing about it. They they've been doing a good job. And I I watched. Um, I was going back and forth. I watched a little bit of The Freshman, another Harold Lloyd film because okay. I I think you texted me about I it yesterday. See it. I'm gonna watch it. And I was like, oh, it's here. You know, I'm like, oh, it's more sepia tone than black and white. Mm -hmm. And I. I find that interesting. Like the beginning of Wizard of Oz is that mm -hmm. sepia tone. And I was watching a little bit of College, which is a Buster Keaton film mm -hmm. where he obviously goes to college. I pretty much got into more like the silent films the past week or so. And I was watching some of the Fatty Arbuckle stuff that they were in before they went solo, just kind of seeing how they evolved mm -hmm. so that's what i've really been watching how about you i know yes. wednesday night is your night that's my night man so i already talked about my stream recommendation like hey no it's really good um i did watch uh blazing saddles i watched that hilarious you know i think it's 74 mel brooks movie. yeah i believe it is you're right great, great film funny as hell ending super messy but still doesn't take away from its magic 
Then I checked out one Steve McQueen film, the guy who did 12 Years a Slave, not the actor. Oh, okay, um, okay. The director. Yes. The black dude from the UK. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michael Fassbender's like his guy. They Michael Fassbender's a, a great actor. He's I love Michael Fassbender. For me, he's like a like an Irish Christian Bale. That's who he reminds me of. He's also part German, obviously, with the name Fassbender. Yeah, yeah, you know, but <laughs> yeah, 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 which would explain his role in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, even though he plays an anti-Nazi. Um, but anyway, so I watched a film directed by Steve McQueen and starring Michael Fassbender, 2011. It's called Shame, NC-17. Oh yeah, because he's full frontal and everything. That's when women fell in love with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, that yo, it was, and, <laughs> and yo, it's about his sex addiction. Mm. And boy, oh boy, guys out there, if you think you got a problem in that department, you think you might have addiction, you might not if you watch this <laughs> film, bro. <laughs> Holy cow, he was into some stuff, and the film was incredible because it was layered very nicely. And they didn't reveal everything to you at once. They showed you character traits of him. And then later you see why he's like that and mm. the things he does. And it was very good. And um, I definitely, if you like, a, because it, it, it plays like a psychological thriller, but it's not. Um, it's really a character study about this guy. But if you're into character studies and you like some trippy, weird kind of stuff, definitely check out Shame. Uh, also checked out Pearl 2022 mm. Mia Goth, the um, prequel to X that came out the same year. Uh, I actually loved it. I enjoyed it much more than I did X. X was decent, but X, come on, it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So um, that was my issue with X. The originality fell flat for me. But Pearl was quite original. Even though it's stuff we've seen before, it had a very original, fresh feeling. And I haven't seen a lot of her work, but I am slowly turning into a Mia Goth fan. She is really very talented woman, and I don't find her super cute, so that's how I know I'm very attracted <laughs> to her talent. Um, she's not bad looking or anything. She doesn't she have is, eyebrows, does she? She on the street, she doesn't. In films, she does, okay, which yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she, you know, she's okay. You know, I know a lot of people think she's real good looking. Not my flavor, you know. We're not talking, you know. What if she was a redhead? I think, you know, I don't think it would help her much because she don't have the complexion to match. Ah, uh, I understand. You know, yeah, you, you know, know I porcelain. like my redheads white as a bone, you know. I like Chaplin or yes. Harold like Lloyd. Cha I want, them, I want them Chaplin's color. Yeah. Like, looking like she's never went outside once in her life. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, give me Jessica Chastain in the dead of winter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Man, mm, now we woman, know that woman, guys. If you want to, you know, ever send us a gift, if you send Jessica Chastain to me, <laughs> you will forever be my favorite person. <laughs> um, but anywho, uh, yeah, so I watched that, it was great. I would highly recommend that for horror fans. And um, I did watch Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, so I watched Beverly Hills Cop 1 last week. Is that the one with um. She was dating uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yes, Bridget yeah, Nelson. man. She's Red Sonia. She, yeah, she was pretty too, man. Tall, big blonde chick. I liked her look and vibe in that movie. You know, she's not the sexiest woman, but her presence, her the way she carried herself was was yeah. attractive. You know, um, but I thought she did pretty good as a villain. Um, I thought it was pretty good follow up to two. 
I'd say the humor was still on par. I mean, of course, one has that original flavor and flair to it. But I did like getting to see Eddie hang out um, with the two cops from Beverly more in this one. I thought that was cool. I liked the three of them together. It was a fun movie. You know, if you like if you like 80s buddy cop movies, dude, definitely watch Beverly Hills and Lethal Weapon and all that. Oh, so. yeah. But even forty eight hours, even oh, though forty eight hours, Nick Nolte, even though Eddie classic. Murphy wasn't a cop in that, it's still a buddy. It's class. picture. it's a buddy picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's classic. Nick Nolte is a man back in the day, man. Yeah, he was a dude. Anywho, got to talk about our guy Buster. Oh yeah, now the general. The general. Let's get gen- and we're not talking car insurance. We are not. We're talking a train. Yep, Jack the general. will not be in this video. Um, so <laughs> the general. General is another romance story. At the end of the day, it's another romance story. Now, I want to make sure I got this correct. So, his character, he wants to enlist in the military, but they ask him his occupation, and he tells them he's he's a train engineer. Yeah. And they say, well, you're far... Because like, as soon as he said that, I was thinking in my head, like, I wouldn't take this guy. I'm like, you're kind of valuable to well, society. Well, th- th- that's what they and say. that's what they say. Yeah, but he's also valuable to the war effort. Yeah. Because, because they don't want him to go and get killed. Then who's going to operate the operate train? Operate the train. Yeah, yeah. yes. So, you're correct. But, so he actually... This was his real occupation. Why did he seem so bad at it? I don't think he was bad at it, though. It, but he kept screwing stuff up. I think... I think he kept screwing stuff up because... Like, when he left them dudes, like, when the train was detached, was that on purpose? Yes. Oh, because he... Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't on purpose. He looked back, because I'm like, bro, how do you not know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I I think that that was, like, you know, the the comedy. Yes, that's what, like, he seemed kind of... He wasn't terrible, but I'm like, he makes tons of mistakes. He does. He makes a lot of mistakes. (laughs) But, like... So do okay. So, so we have to say the film starts out. I think he's gonna. Is he gonna propose to his he's girl? Propose to his girl, and then the civil war breaks out. And he's and, like, I want to enlist. And, and they're in the south. So like, he's a Confederate man. Yeah. So her dad and her brother are like, we have to go enlist. And yes. then she's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never a dude in uniform. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I he's was like this freaking chick. So, I am in uniform. I'm on that lobby yeah. working on the railroad. I'm like, well, so, then, uh, he was probably bringing in some good money doing that. He would have had to have been. Yeah. So he runs to the front of the line to enlist, and like we said, they won't enlist him because he's too valuable to the war effort. Yeah. And so he's he's just driving a train. His girl doesn't want to have anything to do with him because the dad and the brother think that he didn't even get in line because they only see him when they're waiting. So in their mind, he's a coward and a traitor. Yep, but he got in line and he tried. Yeah, he tried. Yeah, he really tried. He really tried. I was like, because didn't he try and like steal other people's yeah, favors? To, and, yeah, I was like, he was trying to play it off like he was somebody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He really wanted to get in. So obviously, he cared about this woman, her father's opinion, her brother's opinion. Yet again, a man doing a lot of things he might not normally do for the interest of a woman. So then his. He's doing the train thing. There's a plot from the north to take the train so they can, like, burn bridges and all this stuff on the way up. So to kind of cripple the Confederate soldiers that are there. So his train gets stolen. He sees it get stolen. So he goes after it, and he ends up getting a train, another one, to go after it. 
at a at a station with all the soldiers. With all the soldiers. Yeah. yeah. So and you're right. He thought he was. He had all those guys behind him, and he didn't. He didn't because it wasn't hooked up. It wasn't hooked up, and he takes off, and they're screaming at him, and they're waving, and he's just like, "Loud!" I couldn't hear it. He probably couldn't have like, yeah, probably loud as hell. Yeah, but he couldn't hear it, and there was like some big crap behind him. So like, even if you turn around, you'd have to really pull your head out to see the back. So he gets a good minute before he realizes (laughs) they're not there. Like, they're not in sight when he looks back. Yeah, because he goes to look for him, and he's like, wait, what? What? Yeah, I was like, oh, come on, bro. How did you not realize that? I'm like, so first thing you got to do, you got to check the stuff. So after that, so he keeps going up. And then um, I'm trying to remember what what happens after he steals that train. Oh, they the 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 uh, union guys see that he's following them. Yeah, they start like dumping stuff on the track. Mm-hmm. And yeah, screwed up. And I'm like, yo, yeah, don't they throw some trees and stuff on the tracks? No, no, they do the it, when uh, that's he, later. They do it to him. Yeah, he he to does them. it to them. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, they were throwing crap on the tracks, like wood, wood, wood planks, and mm-hmm. stuff. Which I'm like, which is so a dangerous stunt. I was, I was literally gonna say, I was like, bro, I feel like this train will fall off the tracks. Yeah. Like, so if he didn't get that stunt was, right, I was like, this could be bad. He would have died, and the train would have derailed. Yeah. And before we even go on, we gotta talk about the stunt work that was going on in here. There was some. Dude, he was hopping on these trains and swinging axes and breaking stuff and climbing stuff. And it, it was it was a lot of movement, jumping from train car to train car. There's all kinds of real crazy stunt work in this movie. Like, dude, if this dude was around now, he might have been a stuntman for action, guys, if he couldn't yeah. transition into talkies. So, like, there's some crazy stunt work in this. I was most impressed with the stunt work in this. Um, like I said, the climbing... Um, Safety last was great, but this film was filled with stunts. This was this felt more like a like an action drama than a comedy. Yeah. I didn't laugh much in this film. Um, I was more, you know, enticed by the visuals and what I was seeing than the humor. I didn't I didn't see much of the humor in this film. But yeah, go on. So, well, I I think you're right, and I think that comes across in a lot of his films because he's known as the stone face. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have much emotion because, well, I, I don't really know why, but so because of that, you can't really tell if he's happy, if he's sad. Mm-hmm. So if something is funny, he's not going to show it. Mm-mm. Whereas like at least Chaplin like smiles. He smiles. Yeah. He, he nods it up. Yeah. Whereas Buster Keaton, like he grew up, you know, pretty much, if I say getting beat up by his father, that was the act that he did starting at like three years old with his parents in vaudeville. So he learned early on how to like take a fall, how to do these kinds of things that he's doing like in this film and his other films so he doesn't get hurt. Wow. He learned that from like three years, maybe even earlier. Because the nickname Buster, I here's a good cr- trivia question. Mm-hmm. Who gave Joseph... Keaton Jr., the nickname Buster. His father? No. His father's friend, Harry Houdini. Oh, the Harry Houdini. The Harry Houdini. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Because I guess he was like six months old and he fell down the steps. And Houdini, and when you fell down and you didn't hurt yourself, you called it a Buster back then. Ah. And he was like, hey, that was some Buster. 
And then so I guess stuck, yeah, man. the nickname yeah. stuck, and it was Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini. So, so his form of comedy came from, uh, you know, the stage, but being more physical than I think being like, uh, like verbal. Like we said, the Harold Lloyd stuff. Even the title cards were funny; they were jokes, mm-hmm. basically. Whereas with Keaton, it's the visual that's more the joke, and it is usually some physical thing that he puts himself in that you think he's going to die. Yeah, I was like, bro, this yeah. dude would die. I said that yeah. like at least seven times while I was watching the movie. I was like, this dude would die. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Because there's a part where like two trains are like about to collide. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, oh. how? I was, I was just really impressed at how they got these trains on film this way back then. Yeah. The way they The synchronization. In yeah. yeah. I'm like, who was running this? Because this this would look like a high-budget picture for back then. I believe it was probably the most expensive picture at the time. It's, it probably I it was. Because I'm like, bro, this movie probably cost more to make than you would think. I you, s- you look at it now, you'd be like, oh, this, they could have made this for a couple million. Mm-hmm. I want to say like 500 grand, which, you know, that's 100 years ago. That's yeah, crazy money. Yeah, 100 yeah. years ago, it's like, what? That's the, dude, that's the house and the kitchen sink. You know, that's yeah. everything. Yeah. So uh, I was hell impressed with the with the visuals I was seeing. They blew up some stuff. There's some funny like scenes. There's a funny scene where like he's shooting a cannon, uh, and doesn't he accidentally shoot the one guy? And then the, he swings the sword, and the sword oh, goes through the dude's back. Yes, yes, that because was kind of sword, hardcore. Yeah, like. Like, at one point, he's not on a train, and he's actually fighting. He's fighting. He, he like, so he does. And he gets so a sniper. So that's the thing. He literally does become a military man. Yeah. Like, because he pretty much joins the Confederacy by accident. Yes, with the, yes. So all these goofy events lead him to actually fighting in the war effort, and he gets a uniform, and he meets up with the girl again, and she's like, hey, you in uniform looking hot. Yeah. And they go through some shit, man. They like yeah, they, go through some, they go through a rainstorm. She gets like captured. She gets captured and, by the union. Yeah, and he rescues and he her. He rescues her, and then he puts her in a potato sack. Yeah, um, and carries her on his shoulder. Oh, oh when he steals back his train. Yeah, yeah, when he steals back his train, he ends yes. up having to put her in a sack. They sleep outside for a night. Like they go through some crap. Yeah, and the the romance side of this film that I did appreciate was it definitely was a blueprint for a lot of the adventure screwball comedies where. Two people are forced together to get through a situation, and they end up falling in love through the process. You know what it reminded me of, and it's a different kind of love. So don't get don't get me wrong; it's not the same. Some of it reminded me of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not only because it's the oh, Civil no, no, War. No. Yeah, well, you got the Civil War, and it's the same thing with Tuco and uh, Clint and, and Blondie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they love each they other. They did. They yeah. did, bro. Like a bromance. They yeah. definitely did because, like, especially after like the stuff they went through with Angel Eyes. They're like, bro, we're in, we're the we're all we got. Yes, we're yes. the only. You're the only dude I can trust, and even though I don't trust you, you're the most trustworthy guy <laughs> yeah. I got. So it's yeah. like that. That's sort of what it reminded me of. And there's mm-hmm. you know trains. There were trains in that film. Yep. There's explosions, obviously explosions. explosions. Blowing up. Yep. Yep. They blow up a bridge in this movie too. And it's the Union and the Confederacy. The Union and the Confederacy, and they're riding with the Confederacy. Yeah. Even though they don't have a dog in the fight. No, they don't. Uh, they Not don't, at all. Yeah, he's they, he's all just an engineer. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Like, so. Oh, oh yeah. In. In good bad. In yeah. good bad. They, the they, yeah. They don't go. They're like, bro, we're just and, trying to get this money. And, and even in this one, I don't think he really cares I about. Think he just wanted to be in the military because she, she wanted, wanted a man a in uniform. Man. Yeah. So he's like, I don't care as long as I have a uniform. Yeah. Just give me. Yeah. Because like, because so <laughs> yeah. so so they go through all this and yo he ends up killing folks and he ends up fighting yeah. and like dude I yeah, forgot was, yeah he does kill. So I was like, bro, yeah. I was really I was very shocked at this one the most this one shocked me the most because like i said it's far more action i knew it was trains involved because obviously it's famous for that yeah but i thought it was going to be some more screwbally goofy stuff on the train because like there's a part where he's got the hand cart and he screws up and oh yeah river and, yeah. yeah like i thought it was gonna be more goofy stuff like that but when you start getting halfway through the second act and all the all the third act is action he explosions stunts choreography all kinds of stuff the, the romance is still spewing because she is there and she is kind of helping um with the effort but it is largely a physical role because obviously it's a silent picture he's speaking a hundred percent with these stunts that he's doing yeah and i was very impressed because i'm like bro i would have broke i would have been looking like darth vader by the end like, <laughs> give me a robot like yeah after this this was nuts and i consider myself a semi-in-shape dude so like the fact that this this skinny dude who probably didn't work out at all um, he probably drank and smoked crazy. He probably did all this stuff that we know we shouldn't do now. Could out-athlete all of us now, which is pretty pathetic. You know, that says a lot about us people. He could, um, though. It's, he could. It's it was nuts. He was jumping all over the place. And he was, what, probably 30 when he did that movie? Yeah, 20, 29, yeah, 30. That's, yeah. like, that's, not, that's not a young, young man no more, man. You start feeling stuff at that age. Yeah. So, in the end... They end up, he ends up getting back and he's got his jacket on and he looks like a soldier and he's helped with the effort. He saved the day, he's a hero. And he meets up with, I'm guessing it's the lieutenant or, uh, no, he became a lieutenant. It, it had to be the general. Yeah, so he meets been, up yeah. with the general and they're like, he has a gun in his hand. <laughs> no, this part was funny. Um, so he has a pistol in his hand and he's walking with the general. And he accidentally shoots it at the ground, which prompts them to be like, who are you? Is this your uniform? Because clearly he didn't know how to handle his weapon. So they take his uniform from him and they do it in front of his girl. And he looks miserable because he knows he's like, well, about to get dumped again. Because they, they bonded crazy yeah. over this. And I'm going to talk about someone I didn't like after I get through this point. but So they give this man his own jacket and his own hat and his own sword. And a higher and, rank. And higher rank. He's a lieutenant. And yeah. when they ask his occupation, he said he was a soldier. So... And he, you could tell he was proud of that, you know, and, and although I know he wanted to be in it for the girl, I still think he was proud to fight. Yeah. And I think it made him feel like a man because, you know, every back then going to war was like considered kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it was like, people were like, yeah, we going. Now we're like, hell no. But like back then, <laughs> back then they wanted yeah. to go and kill. Like this is your fight, not and mine. They, yo, I'm like, yo, I didn't start none with these folks. Yeah. But, um, 
So, but one thing I didn't like is, after they stripped him of his uniform before he got his new rank, the girl looks sad, he looks sad. I'm like, chick, are you really not going to be with this guy? He just saved your life like five times. She's superficial, that's uniform. the problem. Yeah, yes. so I'm like, yes. I'm like, that makes me mad because it shouldn't matter. When they, I thought it was going to end with him. They take his clothes, and she was he was gonna be down and out. Like she was gonna run up and be like, "I don't care, you're the man for me." She was looking no. like, "Oh, that uniform gone, so am I." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yo, she really gave a shit about that." Yeah, she was <laughs> like, "Well, my brother's wearing a uniform. He's yeah. looking pretty good. He's looking pretty good." And they're like, know, "Wait, what? Incest. Whoa, Whoa. You know? this, this isn't Egypt. You're not yeah. a pharaoh. <laughs> what is going on here? You know, or, or the British monarchy? 1860, though. Yeah. You know, some of that was probably going on. Yeah, sadly. Uh, South, 1860. They didn't know any better, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably not. Limited options. Yeah. I mean, your neighbors are probably five miles away. You know, like, yeah. You go to the old schoolhouse and meet one chick that everybody wants. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't around. <laughs> but... But overall, um, I did find the general quite entertaining. I thought it was it played out like a like a old school blockbuster. And I was yeah. like, I think this was a blueprint for what blockbusters were to come. Even though obviously the real real birth of them came in the seventies. Yeah, but um, it was a good film overall. Grade wise, I would give it a solid B. I was expecting some more laughs. I didn't laugh much. Um, there were some funny situations, but I did laugh out loud at the other two films. This mm. one I didn't much. I more so was just kind of watching and taking it in. But I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good film. And like I said, there's too much to be appreciated and what was achieved for the time and the resources that you, you can't deny this film. Even if it's not your flavor, you have to give it its props. And it does rank in the greatest films ever made. Yeah. It it is on a lot of lists, just like it the is. Gold Rush is. Mm -hmm. It's actually not Chaplin like, films are glitter always for a lot of them. Yeah, know? City Lights and, uh, and Modern, Modern Times, Times are always in them. And, and the Great Dictator. And the Great Dictators in a lot too, and the kids in a lot. Oh yeah, you gotta watch the kid. You gotta watch Great Dictator. The Great Dictator is uh, interesting from because of what. The subject matter it handles and when it came out, when it came out it's man. like, I can't believe he was able to do what he did, but it's a lot like the first Mad Max movie because, you know, the plot is there's like a Jewish barber that looks like uh, Hinkle mm -hmm. and they end up switching places at one point in time. But like in Mad Max, he's kind of upset and then pissed off. And then in the last 10 minutes of the movie, he's mad. Yeah. It's sort of like that. But like, they don't really do any of the, the switching kind of stuff till like the end of the film. It's all story and build up to that. Mm -hmm. And it's all like uh, Nazi bashing before okay. that. But it's, it's done in a clever, witty way. So you know what, what he's saying without him having to be blatant about it. Mm -hmm. And, and that, I've, I've read that a lot. Yeah. About the film. It's it's really good. But like I think the general isn't my favorite Buster Keaton film, mm -hmm. but it's considered like his best. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was like, we should do this one. I personally love Sherlock Jr., which is a film where he's a movie projectionist okay. and he dreams about being like 
a detective. Okay. It's actually incredible. Like okay. the editing, the acting, there's a trick in that movie that he does that I believe his father created in vaudeville. And I still don't know how the hell they did it. Wow. He like jumps through a dude and the dude like walks away. It's incredible. Wow. If, if you get a chance to check it out, Sherlock Jr. And, and, and I know there's like some way that they did it, some vaudeville, you know, trickery involved, but it's amazing to see it filmed and to not know how they did it. That's always the best. I yeah. always love wondering like, how the but they do that. He's a theater guy. He works as a projectionist. Yeah, well, and he just falls asleep in daydreams and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that'd be a sick job, man. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, you brought up Mad Max real quick. Yeah, yeah. And we'll wrap this up, guys. Okay. Mad Max Fury Road. Thoughts on it? I haven't watched it yet. I've seen the first three. You haven't seen Fury Road? I've not seen Fury Road. I I should because I enjoyed... I liked Mad Max. I loved The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. Uh-huh. A lot of people consider that one of the best movies ever made. And look, Thunderdome, R.I.P. Tina Turner. Dude, but, yeah. But man, yesterday? Yesterday, but you know Crazy. what? Rest in peace, Tina. Look, Tina Turner's still looking great, though. Mm -hmm. Even like... And obviously back then she looked fantastic. But I mean, even... Into her eighties, she was looking. She was looking good, man. She, her, her, and your girl Jane Fonda must Jane, have the secret. Yo, they got the same yeah. fountain in their backyard, man. So Jane. Jane so Jane. like I, Thunderdome, I didn't really like as much as like the Road Warrior. Everyone seems to love. I haven't seen Road Warrior. Yeah, so Road Warrior is. It's on my list. Everyone seems to like it. I saw some like images from it. It looks freaking great. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like Tom Hardy. Charlie Theron is obviously incredible. Hardy. I mean, she's my favorite uh, African actress. Yeah, <laughs> since she's South African. Yes, you know, like that's that's what all white supremacists would say, right? Yeah. I Dave Matthews is my favorite African. Dude, yeah, he's Dave as white Matthews as you. That's why. Awesome. <laughs> he, he is. I, okay. I, I kid, I kid, but um. But yeah, I I do need to watch it. I've seen the others though. Um. Okay. Interesting. Because like, all right, so I've only seen it one time. I saw yeah. it when it came out, and you know, it was so buzz, talked about, crazy, it made a bunch of money. People yeah. Were like, oh, it's so great. And I watched it. Now I need to watch it again because, but I mean, the movie's not that old, so it's not that long ago. I yeah. Saw it. And I remember. I remember most of it. Tell you what, I didn't think it was that great. Okay. And I wanted to know your opinion on it, but I want to watch it again because as it's getting older, more and more people are really considering it. I've seen it. I was looking at Rolling Stones, best action movies ever made. It was number one. Really? Yes. Well, I know the prequel to it is coming out next year with, with your girl, Anna Taylor Joy. I love her. Yeah, She's so. Great. She's a good actress. I do need to check it out. I admit it. I. I get petty, so like I haven't watched many Chaplin films because in the forties. Uh, okay, I love J.D. Salinger. He wrote Catcher in the Rye, mm -hmm. Nine Stories, Franny and Zoe. Great writer. He went off to war. He, he was in World War Two, right? So he carried around like the manuscript for most of Catcher in the Rye as he was writing it as he's fighting in World War Two. He's dying right and, in the fire story, and he's over in Europe, and he reads in the newspaper. That Charlie Chaplin married his girlfriend, Una O'Neill, wow. the daughter of Eugene O'Neill, who was an American playwright. 
That was his actual girlfriend? Yeah, that was J.D. Sounder's girlfriend at the time. And she married Charlie Chaplin, who was and, and he almost as old as her dad. reading the freaking newspaper. Yes. So, because I <laughs> loved, and I still love J.D. Sounder and his writing, like... You're kind of like F. Charlie Chaplin. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, watching, like, The Gold Rush, I watched some of his other stuff. I'm actually really into his stuff now. And for the same reason, though, like, George Miller was supposed to do a Justice League movie in, like, 2009. And it all fell apart. It was probably more Warner Brothers than him. But I'm like, you know, F. George Miller. I'm never going to watch Happy Feet 2. You know, I'm never going to whatever. I'm not going to watch The Witches of Eastwick again. You know, it, uh, anything. But I, I need to, like, thaw on that kind of thing. Because even... So, you got to watch Mad Max, though. Yeah, I got to watch... So, uh, I have to watch Fury Road. Maybe we'll do a Fury Road episode. Um, and we'll both watch it. Yeah. Because Tom Hardy's great. I love him and he's good in the movie. The acting's good. It's, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll, we'll watch, I need to watch it again because the amount of attention it's gotten in recent years is making me feel like something was wrong with me when I watched it. So are you, are you bringing it up because of the stunts in it? I'm bringing it up because you brought up Mad Max. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I was just thinking of how like like the original, it's like all these things happen, and the actual real, uh, like the climax of the movie is only like ten minutes, mm -hmm. and it's sort of like the end of the Great Dictator. There's this amazing speech, but it's only like three, maybe four minutes of the movie, and it's an over two hour movie. Wow, the Great Dictator is over two hours. Yeah, it's like two hours and five minutes or something. Wow, that's probably Charlie's longest movie. Yeah, so like. You know, the last 10 minutes, because, you know, there's a few minutes after the speech, but that's, like, the most important part of the film. But it, you have to get through all this story to get to, like, the best part of the movie. And wow. that's sort of how the original Mad Max is. Wow. You have to get through, like, an hour and a half for, like, 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm going um, to definitely check out uh, Charlie Chapman's last movie he directed. With Marlon Brando. Really? He's yeah. the movie with Marlon Brando? Yeah, it's Marlon Brando. And, it, and oh, what chick in it? It's a, it's did it a come, famous chick, too. Did it come out in like 76 or I something? Think it's in the, I think it's a 60s movie. Okay. Because um, I know he died in 77, I believe, Chaplin did. Obviously not Brando. Yeah, Brando. He lived, Brando lived a lot longer than people probably thought he was. A Countess from Hong Kong, 1967. Okay. Um, it is... Oh, my God. Is that the one where Marlon Brando is like an Asian dude? Yes. Oh, my God. I've seen part of that movie. He is so offensive just because... Have you seen Breakfast at Tiffany's? Yes. It's like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> How terrible. I hate that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? George Papard is great in it, though. That's oh, my God. Um, yeah, like no, it's the acting in it's good, and um, Breakfast is Tiffany's. It's it's well acted. The stories are. I love Audrey, so yeah, yeah. I I'll watch anything with her in it, even if it's decent. She, her voice just soothes, so soothing. Um, and look, she looks great in a in a what an LBD, a little black dress. Oh yes, she does. Yeah. She looks good in a little black. She was good looking. She was a little. She was kind of skinny for me, but she yeah. she looked good back in the day. But I always just liked her acting style, liked her voice. You know, 
but they always pinned her with these guys that were like 30 years older than her. You, yeah, think about Funny Face. Yeah, dude, she was Fred Sabrina. Astaire. Sabrina, yeah, with dude, Bogart. She gets with freaking Bogart. <laughs> yeah. Easily like 63 in that movie. Yeah. She's like 24. Yeah, like, it's yeah. terrible. It's crazy. I'm like, that's a gap. Bro. Yeah, but look at, we talked about Vertigo. Jimmy Stewart was Jimmy older Stewart than. Jimmy uh, way older than Kim Novak. Yeah. At least 25, 30 years. And they had just started in, or which was first, Vertigo or. Uh, Bell, Book, and Candle. Because they were in that together, too. I'm not sure. I never watched that. It's that a, good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's I sort of like a, a blueprint for the show Bewitched. Okay, okay. Ah, uh, so yeah. cute, cute little Yeah. Thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe she liked But um, yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing about Vertigo is, like, that age gap and that casting was a big part of the negative reviews early on. And that movie mm. actually kind of severed Jimmy Stewart and Hitchcock's relationship. Oh, wow. Because, you know, Jimmy Stewart was, like, what, late 50s then? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, he, he had lost most of his hair. He wore a hair piece, mm. a lot of makeup. And, you know, he tried to keep himself young. And obviously, I think Jimmy Stewart played the hell out of the role. Oh, he did. And, yeah. you know, of course, looking at it now, it's like, this is all, everything's perfect. But a lot of people were just like, we are unconvinced that this man could ever in his life attract this woman. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, y'all sit here and act like younger chicks don't go for older guys who are established in life all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's security. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. they do it all the time. Yes. I'm like, you know how many guys I know in their 50s and their wives are in their early 30s? Tons. I'm like, yeah. I've met tons of guys. They're old, but their wife ain't. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... So, Look at DiCaprio. Yeah, bro. He's, <laughs> when he finally decides to settle, you know, his wife will be, she'll be young. She was just born yesterday. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and that was a big thing. And, like, that that was a big part of, like, why people, the movie wasn't as well received as it is now. Wow. And Hitchcock and Stewart got into it about that. And that was when he kind of started pivoting to Cary Grant more. Oh. So, yeah, and and looking back on it, you know, years later, Stewart's probably like, yeah, now Vertigo's considered your best movie, you, you know. But you know, it's it's nuts how this stuff works out. But guys, we're right, we're right at a good time, Mark. Here. Oh yeah, you know, we've been keeping you long, but you know, you know, you like hanging out with us. But um, next week we're gonna we're 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 skipping next week. You're gonna get episodes in order, but. We don't know what we're going to do next week. We'll figure that out. Yeah. So, sorry we can't give you a little preview, but it's going to be something good, so don't worry. We, but um, I, I do have an idea, though. Okay, throw it out there. Because you know what comes out next week? Flash. No. No. That's in three that's, weeks. That's July or June. Late yeah. June. That's right. Next week. We've on. been waiting for it since October. Oh, freaking Spider-Man. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So, what we can do is... Probably not next week, but like the week after, we can actually like analyze that film versus Enter. Yes, mm -hmm. and and also compared to like the other Spider-Man movies. Actions, yeah, 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 because obviously Into the Spider-Verse was a better film. It's insane than, than probably any other movie. <laughs> yeah, so so we can actually just do that as like a rough blueprint. That sounds good, man. Yes. Any reason to watch Enter the Spider-Verse is good for me. Because <laughs> yeah. that film is great. I don't know anyone who doesn't like that movie. They even made... They're making Miles Morales uh, Jordans. You know, they look crazy. They? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So, wow. my um, guy, I know, he's like... 
I'm buying them. I don't care how much they are. I'm like, why did you spend $200, $300 on a pair of sneakers? But no problem. Hey, just really quick. Here's the weird thing about Spider-Man, whether it's Peter Parker or Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker has an Uncle Ben who's white. <laughs> okay. Uncle Ben is white, yet we know Uncle, Uncle ben, ben made rice. Rice, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, Miles Morales' dad, do you know his dad's name? No. Jefferson Davis, <laughs> who was the president of the Confederacy. Of the confe- who? Did somebody like, what? This? Somebody was playing So <laughs> Yeah, so like, <laughs> what? Yeah, what? That's the most confusing thing about Spider-Man. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. I know it's, it's weird. When I when it hit me, I was like, "Wait, what? Jefferson Davis?" That's funny. Yeah, Jeff Davis, man. Hey, wow. Some people consider him an icon. Oh, only if it's Miles Morales' dad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. There's, I just had to point that out. That's it's so weird. Funny, though. Yeah, it's just so weird. But all right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Dom. I'm Jamie. And this was The Cutting Room Floor, and we'll be back next week.